0: we lucky few we the remains shall we waste another lifetime underneath these dimming flames
1: you guys are listening to the spice cast uh Welcome back, I'm your host today, Daniel Bullard, and the reason I'm the host today is because our normal host, Mr. Ben Joe, full disclosure, is in the actual band that we're interviewing today, the Wolves of Chernobyl. Guys, thanks for joining us today.
2: Hey, thanks, hey. Dan. Thanks for uh, filling yeah. in for Ben. It's nice to meet you, Dan. Yeah, it's I'm nice really, to meet you too, Ben. I love you. You seem like a cool guy. Go- oh, wow. <laughs> escalated right quickly. Uh, <laughs> how about you guys
1: introduce yourselves? Just go from left to right and just say your name and uh, what you guys play in the band.
2: Well,
3: I'm John, and I play the banjo and harmonica, and do some vocals. Not a lot, though. (laughs) (laughs)
4: Alright. I was kind of surprised that John knew which direction we were starting from, so I was a little (laughs) stunned there. I'm Tyler. I do the vocals. I do uh, a lot of the writing of lyrics, and I do uh, all the narrative stuff, so the stage show scripts, the radio podcast scripts, and stuff like that I do as well.
2: And all the booking and everything. All the booking. Well, I mean that
4: we weren't. That's an important. I wouldn't like all the hard count work. coup. All the I wouldn't like.
2: Work. And I, I managed the finances. I'm trying to, I'm trying to give you credit, uh, man. Oh, okay. Well, that's very sweet. <laughs> yeah. Because i was just like I'm just glad I'm not doing it.
4: I do all the. I base <laughs> yes. I'm the stage mother. I make sure that the eight year old is ready for the beauty. Did you pageant. have your juice, Sean? Did
2: you have your juice? <laughs> well, his fingers
3: don't work so good, so he's got to do other things. You know, he can't play guitar or nothing. They're just
4: they're kind of shortish. Yeah. You know? well, oh, I've got matter. long feet, and short hands. It's I really chopped weird. my
3: thumb in half. And then I can still play the banjo. Turn it's
4: tri- That's pretty one.
1: impressive.
3: Well, it wasn't well. quite in
4: half. Well, let's let's be clear about all this. He chopped off his thumb. His his dog tried to eat it. No, the dog did eat my. <laughs> and then <laughs> he <laughs> then they reattached some part of his thumb. Oh well, you got and it out so, of his mouth. Really? It's, no,
3: no. It was like okay, so I chopped my thumb in half, like kind of long ways, oh, not man, like we at the joint. Anyway,
2: but yeah. If you have a queasy stomach,
3: don't.
4: My point. To my point is that you're obviously got robot parts put in your thumb and so that's why you can play banjo now where you couldn't before that's what i'm thinking
0: oh yeah that's cyborg the thumb <laughs> yeah. is the
4: key to everything it's hitting that g all the time <laughs> that drone I g never use it <laughs> <laughs> my bad but anyway well moving along
0: i am victoria <laughs> keep the trainer rolling and i am also a vocalist in the band
2: and i'm ben Job. i play the the two stick bass the two stick bass, a two stick bass with the with the bow, the and the, g- the, and the fingers.
1: That's not the git fiddle. That's the,
4: the git fiddle's no. guitar. People this call it a, it a cello violin. a lot. Yeah, a cello, I play cello
2: yeah. or giant violin depending giant on where I'm playing.
4: <laughs> I call it a giant fiddle. But yeah, a giant fiddle. Uh, we're missing uh, um, Michael Hauser, who plays guitar and shouts and sings. Uh, <laughs> he's a, he's a real he's a real he's got a lo- lot of locomotion. He keeps the energy high. Sean fungifat, he keeps the beats, he keeps us all kind of chill and mellow too. He's like, I don't got nothing to worry about. Let me check my phone for some memes, Uh, (laughs) (laughs) memes which is usually the opposite of like most
1: most drummers (laughs) I've met are like very like 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 high strung (laughs) uh, high strung yeah. That is my I mean like
4: that's my favorite thing about Sean. So I did it. We'll get in the history stuff, but I we I did a lot of recruiting of people for the band based on personality, you know?
1: It's a good idea, I think. Oh, yeah. Especially for a big band.
4: So, like, I hadn't even heard Sean play drums. I didn't even care. I was like, <laughs> you're not <laughs> an so asshole. so nice. You're in. You're d- We're done. We're taking it. That does skip uh,
2: a lot of problems,
4: I guess. Too. It does. You can, I mean, you know, there are limits to whether or not people can improve on an instrument. So, if he'd have just been like, I play drums doo, 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 then it would have been a different kind of deal right <laughs> uh your your listeners at home could not hear me badly playing drums on my knee uh, I I we're also missing uh dan williams he's uh he plays auxiliary yes he is a he is a utility player as they say in baseball uh, he plays mandolin trumpet um and he Bass uh, on occasion he does. he's filled in it at base and and we might do some rotation stuff now and that's another Doesn't thing play accordion too he does, but not for us. But he, I mean, he could. I did not know that. That's, that's not... good enough to play accordion for Don't no, 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 tell that no, on no, no, the no. air, love, man. He's trying to keep that I love man. accordion. I'd love to hear it. <laughs> but He's carrying enough stuff as it is. I mean, even if he played accordion on one song, that's a lot of room. So he's
1: he's like your your uh your your Swiss army knife of, yeah. of the band, he so can pretty much just do anything you Dad, need.
4: pick up that board, play us a song. Yeah.
3: <laughs> That's and the point. Play po- some yeah. rebar. And he also has the highest pitch voice out of the entire
2: band.
4: Guys, I'm so excited right now. <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> he's not here we can make fun of him. History. Yeah, we can make fun but of But he's one of the it's, he'll hear this.
3: We we have but he a band knows it's
2: opposites. He
4: wasn't
1: here. I mean he was here he You just want me to do his, his yeah, just do Guys, I just
4: love being a part of the Wolves of know Well, I used to be in a band called the Whiskey River King. Real popular around these parts No, anyway <laughs> I can't sustain so that yeah, And uh,
1: for those of you That's who, who uh, Haven't heard The Wolves before, how about you guys Like, I've, I've heard <laughs> a number Of different descriptions about what genre you play um, And I'm not sure If any of them quite c- capture it Well, but I, I think progressive Folk punk <laughs> Is the one I've heard I like it. How, would, how would you guys describe Yourselves in the music you do
4: I always call it uh, post-apocalyptic progressive bluegrass so i usually say that it's
3: like if you took if you took a like a bluegrass like twinge to it and then you added mad max
4: and then uh, and some electric guitar that's what it sounds like <laughs> that seems like a long way to say what i just said but good call <laughs> so well i, had to I like it mad yeah. Max. when
1: you guys first formed the band did you, <laughs> it did you have that theory in mind wrote? or
4: uh yes sort of okay so uh it was always going to be it was also always going to be about post-apocalyptic storytelling um at the first, at, at the beginning, the musicians that I'd kind of surrounded myself were more, more leaning towards, almost like a Bonnever type folk. Yeah. Uh, as those people phased out, and it, it became me and John really writing a lot of the core songs. Um, obviously, because he plays banjo primarily, and it's got a bluegrass background, uh, that became the base framework. And um, my background, my influences are more progressive rock and, and uh, contemporary folk stuff. So uh, I think the big difference for people that listen to bluegrass primarily is that uh, a lot of bluegrass vocal syncopations are right on the beat every time, every right. time. And my syncopations are not. And so it threw, it didn't throw John off or anything like that, but they're like, man, y'all don't sing like bluegrass.
3: Uh, <laughs> we had to work around it for sure. It was, It was definitely interesting to get used to. Yeah. Because I would try to play, you know, naturally I would try to play to the rhythm of his voice and it just wouldn't work. So we had to work around that.
4: So we told, yeah, so that was the thing. And we, we had a different guitar player there and I think it was more of a trick for him than for, Yeah, because
3: he, he was real heavily uh, background in blues and bluegrass. Yeah. So.
4: And he would try to change, uh, he would try to change keys of the song based on whatever I was doing. And that's not, I mean, if you're listening to Rush or Tool or something, that's, they don't, they're not going to change the key of the instruments to to fit the vocal, if he goes off on a weird thing, so it's kind of that same principle, but, uh, so yeah, that was always, um, uh, that kind of appeared early on, but one of the interesting things, as you see as everybody comes into the band, is, uh, you know, so Sean and Victoria, they, uh, they're deeply into reggae and ska, and, and so you can hear that in his beats, or you can hear a little bit of that kind of punk aesthetic and what Victoria does sometimes. And um, and Ben is, you know, I always wanted the big bass, but I never had any idea that of what he could do with it as a bowed instrument. And so uh, that brings its own element. And then we tried out a lot of people on acoustic guitar because that was kind of the natural, that was kind of like naturally where we thought to go. But then, um, you know, when when we brought in Michael, and he was like, well, I've got this Gretsch that I love more than any of you as humans. Uh, <laughs> um I was like, well, let's see what it sounds me and like. and my Gretsch will come. Mm-hmm. Me and my Gretsch. <laughs>
3: my Gretsch uh, will bring me. Yeah. He has arguments
4: with his Gretsch, too, just like it would be. As, you know? Oh, Does, he, does much, he have a name for it? You know, if he does, he's kept it a secret from me. Ooh, I think oh. he can say it
2: out loud or something. Yeah, so, yeah
4: if you name it. Rule. If, yeah, that's so a, like he really have power over it, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that was, you know, so uh, that brought an interesting different element that I don't know that we expected. And then now mm-hmm. uh, we're, you know, now that um, Dan has kind of come in full time, you start hearing some interesting ideas pop up that you didn't think about before. And as we go into our next, so I mean, we've written, you know, 15, 16 songs, enough to figure out what we want for this album. Um probably more that we just haven't fully developed. But as we go into our next songwriting arc, you know, actually we're, we're playing around with a lot of different, um, styles. Um, cause one of the ideas initially was to, cause it's a storytelling act, right? Right. So as the wolves of Chernobyl travel around the country and they meet people and they tell their stories, the styles of the music would, you know, take on a little bit of that particular part of Americana, you know, wh- wherever we were, wherever the story was set, you know? Um, but we've, we've stuck mostly to Appalachia so far, and I think it's been good for us.
1: So can you can you fill us in a little bit about what the story is at this point, like the world you guys inhabit as, as the Wolves of Chernobyl, the band, and, and how the stage show kind of fits into that?
4: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, basically the idea is like what if um, a lot of the different apocalypses that people kind of think about happen, you know, basically – concurrently right so uh somewhere in some pocket of 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 uh america there's you know a little zombie apocalypse going on and then there's you know there's famine and there's global warming waters rise all this kind of different stuff emp strikes emp is a big part of it because our robot takeover there was a robot yeah i think that's happening somewhere too (laughs) and our little (laughs) that's the thing is that that it's it's not about just saying like here's here's our apocalypse but it talks about it's just thinking about the anxiety that comes along with it, right? right? Um, and so, uh, we um, where our characters are set is traveling the country, trying to make a living in a low tech, kind of weird hybrid environment. Uh, there are these um, militia style luddites who've taken over big chunks of territory, you know, and so they kind of enforce low-tech policies because they f- feel like that's what went you know that's where we went wrong and stuff uh, a lot of religious cultishism uh, zealotry things like that um, and uh, so as far as the st- like the stage show is um, is set in the world of the fiction and I don't mean I don't mean like it tells that story but it's like the stage show eschatologies is what these characters would be putting on as they travel around the country um, that's the idea, and then the characters themselves have their own lives and own agendas and things like that. So
1: interesting. I I like I uh, got to see I guess the first version of the show a, a while back.
4: Yeah, you and got was, to be our our sound. Fella. Yeah, <laughs> that
1: was that was a lot of fun. I just I really I like the whole concept that you and especially because you're you're not base really basing it around like you know the apocalypse, but you know it's the anxieties that come after that because I think that's something our society especially now is like obsessed with like oh, yeah. every every other piece of media is post-apocalyptic now and it's just like mm-hmm. people thinking that you know everything's falling apart and you know everybody's just mm-hmm. losing their minds over it And i think that's really relevant at this point
4: well we watched a movie and i think i'm a little bit behind the curve but um the the reality of it is and it's so f- it, it's funny to me i'm i'm one of those people who's like we live in a golden age yeah and every generation is just going to get a little bit smarter and a little bit better that's what we've learned about people and then given enough time, we can solve almost every problem. Um, but a lot of people don't have that kind of faith in humans. Um, and so you get that kind of stress or anxiety or, you know, you hear people say, this is the worst it's ever been. And I was like, well, you have, you know, I have a history background. And so I was gonna say. It's like you have <laughs> yeah. very little Look
2: historical Look at the
1: 1300s sometime. Oh, yeah. Yeah. To me,
2: it's just like the internet <laughs>
4: It's just, <laughs> right.
2: Once, once people got the end, they're like, "Oh my gosh!" It gets no look better. what's happening this. in Mexico. Yeah, like, yeah. I can see their tweets. Like, they're being burned alive and whatnot. And people just didn't have that. People get bad personal... news faster, and in yeah, more people quantity. didn't have that personal, like omnipresent network to like tell you how. And I mean, it's not like people every time they pick a flower they make a tweet. I mean, yeah, the stuff that's inflammatory and gets spread is is always you know the tragedy of whatever you know so i don't know i feel like that's kind of we're kind of the generation of people who are in the shock zone of of uh i guess the information cycle i guess and like maybe the net the young people don't they're just totally used to it but to us it's like yeah
0: yes you, you old people are just go? paranoid yeah. <laughs> well and that's the thing is that
4: they you know my kids they have no frame of reference that it was ever any better or worse than this yeah you know mm-hmm. when uh, so when we think about that, some of the ideas in the songs are is like, uh, so I should step back. So the Wolves of Chernobyl, that name came from this documentary about radioactive wolves in um, the Chernobyl blast zone um, and how they adapted. And so um, eventually wolves in that area flourished because they adapted to not absorb radiation in their bodies. Oh, right? wow. So over a few generations, like, it's been a net boon for them because an almost extinct population of black Russian wolves um, are now flourishing in that area, right? And so that's kind of the idea is like, well, all right, America's, we we always look at things from our frame of reference, right? Right. So European colonization of the West was a Native American apocalypse. Right. Like, we've, I shouldn't cuss on here, should I?
1: Oh you can't we'll Oh, okay. it we'll
4: We've we've <laughs> fucked up <Yeah. laughs> everything that they held dear and for us it was like, yay. You know, uh and it Look at all this land. Look at all, yeah. look at all this empty it's land. It's like somebody was taking care of it all this time. Yeah. Right. Uh, you read some uh you read some first hand accounts of Europeans and they're like, It's like God literally groomed this land for us. There's roads and I was like, yeah, there was people here. They lived here, and you killed them. There's a whole civilization that used to be here, yeah. Yeah, uh, to be to be, I guess to be uh, specific, initially plague killed a lot of those people. But um, anyway, so when you uh, when you think about those kind of contexts, you know every uh, every economic crash is an opportunity for someone else, for a speculator, or for somebody who's on the ground floor in the right position uh every every calamity is a chance for somebody else to you know to have right. success it's like forest
1: fires it's it's a good way to you know especially if you've got a forest that's stagnating that's a good way to like revitalize it that's a very understand.
4: good example right yeah. um and and i think as humans i think the thing that gets really stressful is we try to control all these different elements it's not just you know we uh there was a there was a bird population out in oregon um where they're like this bird population this specific type of finch or something is about to go extinct. Right. And uh they didn't realize that the reason that they were about to go extinct is because they were limiting forest fires in that area and that those particular birds had adapted to they you know they um they fed and and reproduced uh you know in these particular types of environments, you know, burnt out, you know, forests and things like that. So it's a, you know, it's an interesting thing how much we try to control the outcomes uh, and not just kind of let things go through their cycles sometimes. Right.
1: Before we figured out, it was pretty much well enough before we got there.
4: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was doing all right.
1: Yeah. Well, let's so. listen to some of the music. Uh, the first song we're going to play from you guys is called uh, Clumsy Tongues. Do you want to talk about uh, the writing process for that one?
4: Yeah. Yeah. Um. Okay. So, uh, I made that up in like, in literally 40 seconds.
3: Yeah. Like the little the banjo part, part of it,
4: yeah. Well, then it worked out for yeah, you. Yeah,
3: I was at my sister's house. So I was like, oh, man, hey, listen to
4: this. What did you think it was about? What? I always like hearing what you pine think trees. your banjo part was about. That was a persuasive bullet was about a pine tree. <laughs> yeah. <and laughs> I just say it's always pine it trees. Least,
3: I was catfish That for persuasive bullet. He's and, real
4: amorous about pine trees.
3: <laughs> it was, yeah.
4: Writes a
2: lot of love songs looking at pine trees. Yeah,
3: well, no, I was kind of just staring off. I was catfishing, and then, like, it was overcast, and there was a pine tree blown in the wind, and then I that's where persuasive bullet came from but uh no as far as that one goes i you know i was just basically like how many weird chords can i do <laughs> you know like and trying to throw them together and then that's just was the first the first progression i came up with and i was like that's kind of cool i'm gonna do it again and then uh you know i wanted it to be i wanted it to sound kind of like minstrel-ish you know what i mean and so uh, somewhere
4: Mark, Mozart and Bach was like, "That's how you do it." Yeah, <laughs> that's how you. That's how it's done. I was Way to go, son. I was yeah. catfishing uh, on the lyrical on the, the the lyrical composition part of it. I was uh, uh, I was going through an experience where I I ran into somebody um, that I used to I used to be real close with uh, at a party, and it was like a potluck thing, and so I brought all this food. Didn't know they were going to be there. They're there. Uh, we spend like 10 uncomfortable minutes hovering around each other, trying to like faux ignore like that the, the person's not there. And then we right. we had an awkward conversation. Um, and then the party part of it was supposed to start and everybody had gotten their food. And it was like a house show. And uh, <laughs> I was like, I you know what? I'd already paid. And I was like, no, I'm okay. So I packed up all my food and went over to a friend's house and, you know, just immediately (laughs) jetted. That's enough. That was enough for me. It was an, yeah, I was like, I'm not going to sit here with her her and her new boyfriend, you know, hang out at the house. Right. Um, And so, and then like a week later, um, a friend of mine from another band um, passed away very suddenly. A guy from, his name's Tyson from Bourbon Shamrocks. And, uh, those two experiences um, kind of melded together uh, imagery wise right so the story the story in the song is a uh, when I saw you at the funeral then I take some of the things that actually happened at this party and and so the clumsy tongues is really about how um, sometimes like the facts get in the way of an emotionally true event right like mm-hmm. the the story itself is not true right you know uh, but the the uh, um the emotional truth of it is 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 very real the context um as far as uh, how those experiences kind of mesh in my mind and how it um how it all kind of plays out is more true for having been expressed that way if I have been like there were these two separate things and they're right. kind of linked you know like that's it's just not a good song
1: All right, well, let's give it a listen. This is The Wolves of Chernobyl with Clumsy Tongues.
0: When I saw you All this talk, as far as you would go Gathered all the food up in a napkin, tied it all around the pole, awaited by the tracks for the first train heading west to escape this.
1: Chernobyl, and that was Clumsy Tongues. So, you guys have been uh, pretty busy, to say the least, over the last couple of months. Yeah. You guys have a lot of things coming up. Uh, you guys are you guys have a Kickstarter. That's well,
4: the cruise event planner I try to keep right active.
1: <laughs> you guys have a Kickstarter, and this is for, I guess, your first album?
4: Yes, yeah, so we did. Uh, we, um, out of our own pockets, we did a, a real shoestring budget, low time um, EP right so we did three songs from that and that and we're kind of using that as our available yes which are azuka currently only only available to stream through mazuka.com slash the wolves of chernobyl band um and uh we were named one of their uh 15 great discoveries of 2015
2: yeah we kind of hung out on the charts for a while there yeah Yeah, we're
4: We're still on the charts we're still charting. We're charting. Yeah, we're charting a course to we're adventure. on Excel lists in different places. Yeah. <laughs> Excel spreadsheets. The um, cream of the crop. That's right. Well, yeah, only the best. Yeah, only, only the, the best.
2: best. Make it on the Excel spreadsheets. Don't you give
4: me one of these hand-me-down Excels. I mean, I'll take Google Docs. <laughs> None of this open office. Yeah. I like those Sun Microsystems. Anyway, uh, but they, uh, but yeah, so we, um, we did that EP, uh, and we wanted to use that as kind of a way to say... Um, Here's what we can do with uh, very little money, very very little time, and and not that we want to spend like you know two years in the studio. We're not Guns and Roses or nothing, but uh, <laughs> but we want to we want at least to have enough time to make sure that each song uh, is fully realized uh, in the way that we have learned them. You know, I think I think a lot of people that write songs and then go in the studio, um, depending on their timeline, they may not have the full opportunity to get to know a song before they go record it. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think from where we stand, we've played some of these songs so many times <laughs> that we, that's not a complaint, but it's just a, we know them now. We know what they, they are. They
2: changed too.
4: They sure did. Yeah. Yeah. I listened to some cuts back. Alive. Yeah. Play it live, man. Play it live all the time. Yeah. Um, I was
3: going to
1: say, you guys, you guys have been writing songs for this band since before, you know, the entire band was formed when it yeah. was just, you know, you and John. Um, how has your writing process changed since you know? I guess you guys are up to seven members now, right? Yeah, yeah. How has it changed now that you have all seven people in the band? Are you each are you writing parts for everybody, or are you just kind of like this is the basic melody? You guys kind of come up with your own thing and just you know go from there. Definitely. They've they've
4: all well, I mean they've <laughs> all kind of come but, together but yeah, a little differently. There's
3: more aspects now, like you know when before it was just me making up a melody, and then we had kind of like a ragtag of you know people just. Like, following what I was doing, and like, you know, because it, it was, a core, like I said, it was just me and Tyler, so I had, to, I had to write the core melody of it or whatever, and then other people came along and just kind of filled in, but now there's a lot more aspects to the band, so you got, you know, Ben will, ben will make up something, and then we'll kind of go along with that, or... or I think
2: uh, or Clumsy Michael, Tongue's yeah. a really good uh, example, actually, because yeah. I think y'all brought that in, and... Just that um, first
3: part of it was what I brought in.
2: And yeah, then, and uh, Sean was I think he was just making a joke but he's like I'm going to play reggae to it and we were yeah. laughing about it so I started playing a reggae like line to it yeah, and yeah. then that ended up being the song it's like oh, wow. <laughs> a pseudo reggae upright hey, bass never fusion Never jokes about playing reggae <laughs> <laughs> He jokes scary. about everything he's, gonna... he's serious no, yeah, seriously he he's seriously joking about playing reggae <laughs> <laughs> Seriously he's,
4: he's like this is, I'm this is going to be yeah, a dang thing He wants every song to be reggae, reggae but but,
2: but it was it was kind of interesting for me in that aspect because it it kind of i don't i wouldn't have been like hey yeah let's make this a reggae song but i don't play that stuff a lot you know like i grew up playing swing and it just wouldn't wouldn't have crossed my mind without sean yeah,
3: I yeah.
4: Thought of that. <laughs> it seems really
2: interesting that you guys have had really so many different
1: influences in your band which gives you such a unique sound
4: just... well yeah i mean that it's uh i think you can get two tunnel vision sometimes yeah. When you hmm. when you say uh, we we're doing this, this is what we're doing. We're southern rock, or we're mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. And I think I think one of the things I I come from a from a big family. John comes from a big family, and that's not a non sequitur. It's to say when you come from that kind of family and you're now he's a youngest, so he's a spoiled. little. Shit, but, right? Uh, <laughs> but, but me and his sister, we're both we're both middle children, right? He looks like right. So when you're when you do that, you do a lot of you do a lot of collaboration. Right. Just that's just the that's the baseline, right? To survive, yeah. That, that like I, I guess defining your own identity
1: in relation to like every other one of your genetic, you know, similar. You oh know, yeah, siblings and all that. Well, we we're having
4: that conversation. I yeah. thing that have so I have two older brothers, then I have two younger siblings, and I'm direct in the middle. And then uh, a lot of a lot of my early life was. These these thoughts that uh, I was some kind of like bridge or gap between my two older brothers, who were very different. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, so you do a lot of, and I, you know, a lot of the hobbies I have, a lot of things I did, were all really collaborative. And so, you know, it it wasn't just to say like this is what it has to be. I have strong ideas. Like I have things that that I hear uh, that I want to hear happen or want to see realized. But then, if like if somebody just has a better idea and that's and that's where it goes, then then you need to let it happen. You need to okay. let that it's occur. Also,
3: it's, it's fairly democratic too. Like sometimes we'll be like, ah, oh, I don't like that idea, and then like sometimes people will be like, well, I do like that idea, and like there will be more people that likes the idea as opposed to doesn't like it. Then we like just roll
0: it out and whoever. <laughs> 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 whoever's the strongest. Whoever it, yeah. But is? we're all really okay. laid
3: back, so yeah. it's like we can go with it either way. Because like, when I first started. Doing it, you know, I was like, no, the drums need to be played with brushes, and there only needs to be a hi hat and a snare. Because I was going off of what you know I knew, and and then they're like, no, just keep these drummers in line. I won't say who none of this Neil. I won't say who exactly
4: you sounded like, and I was like, that is so funny.
3: Yeah, I but that's how I was at first. Like I wasn't mean about it, but that's what I thought. You know, it's like it should be this way if it's going to be a blue. What I think is cool
2: about our band is like almost every gig. I don't think like we we play for people people that never heard us and they're immediately like oh yeah I love that music but every time like every single gig somebody comes up and is like I've never heard anything like that <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's like a they, good I don't know they might have hated the like right. just hated it they're like that was the worst thing but I, but to me that makes me feel new. super yeah. good yeah. like at least even if they, they like were look. disgusted by it at least they know like they've experienced oh, something yeah. new instead yeah. of just going to the bar and getting the same like I mean, that's somebody kind of, from they the crowd described
4: today. to me what it was like sitting out during the TEDx thing. Yeah. So we opened the TEDx Huntsville yeah, yeah. Conference. Yeah, that was very fun. And the curtains open, and this lady's announced us, and I don't think people knew what the hell so was many. about to happen. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, they're like, I okay. see a
1: giant cello. I see a big a beard man. <laughs> yeah, we
3: were. <laughs> a beard man with, with a with a circular uh, guitar and a Batman shirt.
4: And we start playing, and we, we come out of gates, and we and like after the first song was done, we didn't give them a ton of time. Um, to react to it well we didn't have a lot of time we yeah. didn't have yeah so we had 20 right. minutes to do the whole thing and then um um and they're just like
3: All but
4: clap. i guess we
3: clap at
0: this clap and, clap
4: clap and then somebody like a buddy of mine who was out there he was like i gotta say like the guy like this person next to me was like what is going on it's like they're, they're they're like a bluegrass band And they're like, I don't understand. And and then eventually, they're like, like people really got into it by the end. But it's kind of that. You know, I'd rather just, just like back to Ben's point, like I played in a band where people really kind of like mostly. I mean, like we had mild interest. From everybody. Like that was the baseline. Right. <laughs> like everybody was like, We I mean, like we this is good. This is these are good things. And I was like, Are you in love with it? No, but it's good. Like, okay. Right. Pro- I would rather do a thing where people really love it. You're passionate, either very way. Very passionate love it, or just like they're like, this is stupid. Right. They need to be stopped. It's kinda of like, yeah. like the first time
1: the first time they premiered right of spring and it caused a riot because people's yeah, minds like that's couldn't what we comprehend
4: what was going on and they yeah. just freaked out. I want yes, I want I want it to be like those Weird uh musician biopics from the fifties where like Buddy Holly plays a tune and like girls just get naked. They're like, I don't know what to do I can't handle all these clothes. This is so crime ah, You know, and, 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 and like <laughs> parents are like, Burn them all, just burn them alive in this building. That's pretty loud. Sorry, it's okay. <laughs> But yeah, like it'd be, it'd be great for it to be like that. So, so far, we've only had Michael, our guitarist, take off. His yeah, 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 yeah. But that was, that was it. We're working, We're working on it. It'll happen. The, It'll happen eventually. On the nakedness. <laughs> We're trying to build up. So your your wolf woman
1: of Chernobyl will, will
2: oh, yes. eventually
4: all just the they may all be naked we yeah. just don't know. <laughs> yeah. That's true. Like I think all of our fans wear sweaters. No, but we
3: that we have had like really uh like really positive reactions. Like I know people be like, Man, that was so awesome, blah blah blah. I don't know if they're just being really nice to me or whatever, but the, yeah, we have scared. had really positive reactions instead of being like, Oh, that was pretty good. You know, it's it's usually if they do come up, it's usually a very, very positive reaction. And then I've showed it to some people you know, like people I work with who, you know, like nickelback or whatever. They'll be like they'll be like Well that's your problem right there. Yeah. They'll be like, uh, you know, it's not really my thing. That's what they'll say. And then that's that's it. And that's so, basically a nice way of saying they didn't like it. Right. Well,
4: I mean, we were never gonna make it as a wise man though. Yeah. Oh my god, don't start. <laughs> Sorry.
1: So the next track we've got coming up from you guys is called The Halls of the King Part One and Two, and this is actually part of the stage show. Yeah. Do you wanna kind of explain the background behind that?
4: Yes. Uh well I, all the songs. Right now, that we have that we would cut for the LP, or are part of the stage show somewhere. They slot somewhere, telling that story. But but these are the these kind of form the core um, of the storyline because it's about uh, it's about a young couple. It's a um, a traveling entertainer, uh, a young version of my character who because um, he's old because I'm old yeah. <laughs> uh, who who runs and and uh, and falls in love with this. Um, cult leader's daughter and he's called the king of Kentucky right um, and he's just a bad 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 dude um, but it kind of follows the the start of their relationship and deciding um, that she is going to uh, that she's going run away with them uh, and you know and all of the problems that come along with that because you know he's not the king of Kentucky is not going to let her go easily, right? And uh, and people will pay for that, um, including the rest of the members of uh, Young Constance' traveling show. So, but yeah, so we uh, we staged that the first act in this, uh, the four songs that make up in the halls of the king, uh, were kind of centerpiece of it's, doing it's,
3: that. It's a prequel too, so this is before the whole band has formed. Yeah, the the band now. Right, so the story. Very, yeah, the storyline. Yeah, it's like a prequel of
2: where. This is the song that like wears wears out our hands because there's four parts. And what's it clock in at? Like,
4: yeah, uh, you know, I've gotten different numbers. I think Mike is making up some minutes. of his times, but <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, you think four songs probably probably going to come in around between fifteen and seventeen minutes. We're just we're only going to do the two, two. parts, <laughs> all right? Because
2: we're nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's hear it. This is the
1: Wolves of Chernobyl with the Halls of the King, Part One and Two. Mm.
4: False ones crumbled, all their mist came tumbling down All that form the king had risen On his ruse, was a mocking crown In the land of the damned, the blessed old strong with the means and
0: the methods To right those wrongs.
4: By fire makes no difference, bless his soul. Children of spring, children of winter, all come home to roots, you know. In the land of damn the blessed rule, Amen. And the law of the land is the rule of the rood.
0: And only one boat gonna cross this threshold. Oh-oh. And no one here pays the devil's due.
4: devil's Hand.
1: Calls of the King, part one and two, by the Wolves of Chernobyl. And we're back after a, a very extended hiatus. I'm glad
2: we deleted all that. Yeah, <laughs> we,
1: there was a bunch of stuff you people will never, ever hear, and you should be thankful for that. <laughs> so you guys have some other uh, projects coming up as well, including a uh, serial radio podcast. Do y'all want to talk about that?
4: Yeah, um, yeah, I'll talk about whatever you want, Dan. I mean, you're in no, charge. Right. You looking yeah. good, and I'll just, I'm per- easily persuadable. Uh, no, so yeah... Um, we talked a little bit about the Kickstarter, right? So yes. we're, we're running the Kickstarter. We may have talked about it off air. I don't remember. When
1: does that start, by the way?
4: So time. it should be this month. We should have it long. We just filmed a video. With you know,
2: Rusty, who's our B- BFF. Shout out to him Rusty, being an awesome dude. Fans. Rusty, biggest fan. Rusty is his name. He recorded our first state show, too. Like, he did. Which was amazing. All right. Super
4: nice guy. Four cameras all, all over the place. He was very. It was very much... Uh, very some gonzo journalism going on, but uh, but he he also had a, he's doing a he personally uh, we should plug his project he mm-hmm. he's doing a he did a documentary about um, Huntsville area or North Alabama area songwriters that's where we met him we we were the only band included in that documentary the rest of them were all just individual songwriters so people like uh, I think I think maybe Wanda is in that wanda waslowski okay isn't I isn't uh he came, Matt Marl, he came to I one know. of our
1: interviews didn't he rusty
2: oh yeah it was ben um benny Pitt Singer. benny pittsinger yeah. is Pitt on there okay, which is okay. he's a really entertaining and really nice dude who plays like kind of like country music in a very classical sense but it's like he has a, sh- a song called uh Walmart fashion show, which is super funny. Yeah, oh, funny. <laughs> yeah just because it. it's so real, right? Like, if you live in the South, oh, yeah. and you, you, you know, the know song, what the Walmart you're just fashion like, show oh, that's is beautiful.
3: Coleman Walmart is exactly.
1: go go up to Fayetteville, go to that. the Walmart in Fayetteville, and you'll see
2: exactly what yeah. we're talking about. Any Walmart, <laughs> yeah, really. <in> <laughs> but I don't know how many artists did he have on that do you know it was, I want to say it was he was somewhere about six or seven I think it's going to be a full length documentary yeah. like it's probably going to be an hour and, or he, two. and he's going to
4: yeah he's, he's getting that he's applying for I don't know if there's a final cut yet but I know he's mm-hmm. he's moving it towards film festivals and doing all that stuff so Rusty is a um, he's the man. he's a talented filmmaker and he's a he's a talented um, musician, musician yeah. in his own right good uh, mandolin player yeah very good mandolin player uh, does a lot of bluegrass stuff um, he's a sound engineer, whole, whole nine yards. So uh, he helped us uh, film, and he's cut doing a cut for Our the Kickstarter, Kickstarter video. So that sh- that should mean that we're ready to go by the middle of this month.
1: Okay, so and the middle of January to... 2016, you guys yeah. will have your Kickstarter up and running. Yes, sir. So how does the uh, Serial podcast uh, play into that? And we're not talking about Serial, the podcast. <laughs> yeah. We're talking about...
4: Well, they're giving us a bunch of money right. randomly. <laughs> so, All that NPR
1: money. Uh, don't tell Julie,
4: but me and me and Sarah Koenig. Hey, uh, hey. Um, that was funny. As I remember when we... This is another weird segue. But we um, we did a, a NPR Tiny podcast concert video uh, those are first those are first thing together basically (laughs) Uh, and it's online and you can watch it and I do a shout out to Sarah Koenig and nobody in the band knows what the hell I'm talking about so I'm like it's Sarah Koenig and he's like I don't know I, mean, <laughs> I knew you say, okay, Nick, but you were behind me so I don't yeah I don't and
3: know. he didn't have his big fiddle either so yeah yeah it's yeah, kind that's of a I... weird video like if people are like oh yeah I've seen you on YouTube I'm like man listen people love <laughs> people love him some you YouTube I was pretty that new to truth. the
2: band that was like was I was been in, in for what a month or two yeah you were hella not fresh. even a month I don't think yeah and I didn't have got my base. my bass was in the shop oh wow and um they're like, we're gonna make this video, and we made it in no, our it's, in our you know, studio. It's we Play went as studios. we went as
4: far. We we let it go as far on the timeline or the, you know. The, oh yeah, we were
2: on the deadline. Yeah, we were. were on the
4: deadline when we did it. So it, it wasn't uh, horrible.
2: We, this, year's, this year's this as... year's is gonna be. <laughs> Yeah, a thousand deep. yards better. Oh yeah. yeah, as
3: you say, it wasn't horrible, but it was it's, it. Poor Sean was hunched over Y'all are over real, the Y'all
2: are
4: really selling it.
3: don't well, not <laughs> <was laughs> <selling.
4: Go, laughs> I mean, watch it's, this. It's, not it's horrible great, thing. but it's
1: not that great. I mean, it's really not great at all. But I, I mean, know. it's, it's well, great well,
4: compared to like. You see what I'm working that, with, Dan? Right? Yeah. yeah. These are the worst. <laughs> these are the worst hype man in the world. But anyway, so I don't see Eminem going like it was bad. It was just a bad mixtape. Like no, everything was great. This the podcast is uh is about um the characters. That we play in the band, okay. right? Um, and so, it's the world that they live in um, in the post apocalypse Sorry. <laughs> it's the world that they live in in the post-apocalypse. So, is this is this <laughs> like a radio
1: drama, or is this kind of like yes? You you're doing a regular <laughs> podcast, but it's your characters like podcasting. It's about a things. it's a radio
4: drama. So okay. we've got we've got voice actors. Uh, I've done I've written five episodes. Uh, we're gonna start recording this month now that I got those episodes in the can um and it it follows so the characters they are living their lives but they're um the world is gotten a little has a lot more of fantasy elements since all these different catastrophes like right. basically the the idea is, is that the uh the ramifications the psychic or spiritual ramifications of having You know, six billion odd people die, are, you know, it's a it's a big weight to bear. To so, um, in the world of the fiction, there, you know, there are elements of, um, you know, spiritualism or extra dimensional stuff. Uh, You know, John's character is, for lack of a better term, he's a werewolf. You know, so a lot of (laughs) I mean, and that that's selling it short. But it's a I think it's an they're you know they're traveling. You know, artists and and kind of a you know team of grifters, con men, almost. Right. You know, so they make a living. You know, the best way they know how to.
1: So. Even after the apocalypse, being in a band is hard as hell. It is <laughs> making a living in the music as a musician. industry is never. You know, that's yeah.
4: what that's what the parallel is really about, right? Like, <laughs> and and it's it's a it's it's a you know it's a it's a broad way to do an allegory, but the thing that I don't think people understand now about people when they think about the music industry. They think about either like the 1970s music industry or the 1990s music industry. Right. In the 1990s, if you were in a band and you could play power chords, you had a record deal. And right. You were in California, adding
1: <laughs> extra syllables to your to your lyrics too.
4: Yeah. Oh, Bow-wow! Yeah. yeah, giving a little bit of that harsh grumbling thing Yeah. Of thing. And yeah, if you were anywhere near any of these um, next next side of music industry oh, yeah. right you were gonna get a deal and and people still kind of like i remember in my old band and this band people come up to you and they'd be like why aren't you famous yet and i was like you don't know how fame works right like fame works <laughs> like you if you don't go out and tell 10 people about this then we're not famous right like, that's just the way it goes yeah, without a million dollar is gonna say campaign. it usually involves
1: somebody <laughs> with a lot of money investing in you first sure, and then they right, make right. you famous
4: and the thing about it is is that the you know the way the music industry works now is like people are like, are you gonna Insane. put your music on Spotify or Pandora? I was like, well, now those two, those two uh, places, those two sites, they have their they have their place, mm-hmm. but they they cost musicians money, right? Yeah. Right. Absolutely. So this is a this is a loss. Yeah. Um, it's not. It's and just it,
2: an easy way to distribute. Really, it yeah. is.
4: And so, if your main goal is to you know, if if your main goal is to say, well, we just want as many people to know so that when we tour, they come out to shows. That's valid, but that's not that's a hard way to make a living. Right. Right. And so um, the music industry, there's not people willing to invest a million dollars in your band because there's no way for them to get it back. Right. After you make a record, mm-hmm. nobody's buying it because mm-hmm. there
2: is no. Yeah, the internet has made it insane. Like, yeah. The, yeah. I I don't think the fallout. I don't think it is re. Um, the ship has not been righted yet. I think everybody's finally realized there, what a sorry state but, uh, they're in. Finally,
1: because for like ten years, oh, yeah. the music industry is like, no, no, this, this is just a fad. This is, we're just going to keep doing the same thing we've always been doing. They
2: lost, they lost like all their power and all the way they made money right. too. And it's really, I think it's, it's kind of cool in one way because the, it seems like the guys that are in music now are only the people that are like, you know what, I'm not making any money, but I love making music. Like I, I feel like I meet a lot of people that are just. In it for the music now, just because the times are so hard. Yeah. Like there's just no there's there's no easy avenue to like get to a record deal or something like that anymore.
4: But it also I mean, and there's like that has a positive effect and then there's negative effects of that, right? Because then there's also and I don't want to say this, but there's no quality control. Right. And so people when you go, Hey, check out my band, right? People are like, Man, I know like I know six dudes. Yeah. Right. Everybody and,
1: has a band or everybody's got a, got a, a laptop or maybe. whatever. Right. Yeah.
4: <laughs> I mean, somebody, you know, it's, they think it's another, uh, you know, punk rock band who didn't really put any, any thought into production. Right. Um, and I don't want to, I, this sounds all marketing glib, you know, but you know, you want to give people something that you want to ask them for money. Cause that's how we make a living. Mm-hmm. I got kids. Yeah. Right. Those kids don't feed themselves. Right. Yet. Uh, I mean, like they they until right? until we until we teach them how to agriculture and hunting. Yes, <laughs> it's um, getting bad in the music industry. In other words, yeah,
1: <laughs> we're going into <laughs> so farming. It, so it is kind of like you know living John's in a post-apocalyptic uh, world. When
3: the, <laughs> I you know, am getting a meal, I'm right. Really if you're about if
4: that. you're in the music if you're in the music landscape, we are it kind is, of sitting in a, like in a post-apocalyptic yeah <laughs> kind of time because it's it's one of those things where you know for us to take the jump. <laughs> to for us to take the jump and say we want to do this for a living um we have to have the infrastructure in place to do that because right. we can't go let's just all go hop in the band and tour because right. we got kids we yeah. got families mm-hmm. well what's uh, good
2: what's good about our act i think is the the way Tyler brought in the theatrical and stuff it kind of it opens up a different um level of uh, i guess interaction with our audience mm-hmm. but also it opens up a ton of venues that we would never have access to right. like just, we we yeah. would never play the princess theater or something or like any small or mid-size theater i would, I would theater play at a princess just,
3: theater anyway just cuz of the name just,
2: <laughs> just, well, just well, you're, you're just missing, missing out That's a joke that's a joke just just <laughs> as like a bluegrass band or something yeah. Yeah. you you just don't get to you don't there's a whole audience that you're never going to get to without having something more than just your regular offering right well, yeah we
4: were telling the hosts of uh of the Southbound Radio where we were doing a radio spot the other day about the project overall and he was like well I'm a you know I'm a board member or the director for um the Birmingham Theater League or I, I can't mm-hmm. remember the name for it but basically they have a they have like a 100 seat black box style theater um and he was like I know it's not much And I was like Are you kidding like I mean yeah, that's, that's that's something. That's we need. exactly that's we where want. we where where we'd want to put on this show, at least yeah. at the beginning phases of it. Yeah, because right? so You
2: can you can get in a small place like that. You are gonna interact with those people, right? Yeah. They're gonna hear you for They're one gonna thing. They're gonna remember
4: you afterwards, and that's and that's what you want to have happen, right? So you want everybody to walk out going, "This is something that was so interesting or so different uh, that I just want to tell people about it." You know, it when Star Wars Force Awakens, right? It was a billion-dollar movie. Um, they had an incredible marketing budget. They didn't have to spend a dime in the states. Yeah. They didn't have to spend anything. No. Because people are like, "I'll share this trailer for free." Yep. Right. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's the kind of that's the kind of passion you want to engender in people. So, like he was saying, Ben was saying, the goal is to make it make something on enough levels of interaction, where if people just want to go, I like that song. And that's it, fine.
2: Plus, we get to—I mean, we get to play for the people that just go to plays or something, yes. right? Like maybe someone who's who's older and more involved just doesn't go to rock shows at bars, but if they if they have this theater booked for this drama drama show with us playing, like we would have never, we probably would have never been able to. Uh, Show our product to them, right? You're them not
1: you're not trying to communicate with your audience over you know football games and in drunk people exactly. Well, right. and there's
4: a whole audience that's lost to most bands now mm-hmm. because the live music scene is gonna want to drink,
0: gonna want to smoke, yep. yeah,
4: and it's just. That's that's Huntsville's live music scene, yep. right? So it's the same people, and that's not to say that they're bad people. We we want to play for them too. We no, do. It's just
1: a different crowd. That's but all then it is.
4: The brewery crowd is a different crowd, mm-hmm, yeah. and that's an interesting, great place to get into. Mm-hmm. And this is just another avenue, another venue to reach out to people who might be interested in what we're doing. So, uh, but the serial podcast is then just another way to do it, right? <laughs> yeah. So it's to say if you're a fan of Welcome to Night vale, or if you're a fan of the Black Tapes, or if you're a fan of The Walking Dead and you like this kind of fiction, you know, uh, it's not required. You don't have to listen to it to listen to the music, and you don't even have to listen to the music to listen to it. But it is they they run. You get more depth right out of doing both for sure. And so it's a way to say, uh, and and the way that we're going to format the podcast is uh, we'll we'll introduce the songs, you know, in the show, but then we'll also introduce other musicians that we're listening to that we know who are talented and, uh, you know, and can pretend to be in the milieu for a few minutes. You right. Know? And, uh, and so that way it's, it's a, it's a way to say, you know, um, here are the, here are the sounds that are informing the fiction. Here's what we're listening to that kind of inspires us creativ- creatively. Creatively can't even speak anymore creatively creatively that's the creatively. word <laughs> you said it but creatively i said <laughs> You said creatively very
3: creatively it, very, it was
1: a very john travolta there for a second. very very, very
3: <laughs> yes. Anchorman esque right there. <laughs>
4: <laughs> San diego Santiago. diego that's
1: so do true. you guys have any gigs coming up in the near future
4: we uh you know we 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 drove ourselves pretty hard in 2015 and so for the month of january i've mostly most of the calendar has been cleared um, Kickstarter for the Kickstarter. <laughs> so we've done a lot of, we're doing a lot of radio and media. So uh, next week we're going to go, well, not maybe not next week. And the point is airing. Uh, we'll be on invisible city soon. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, wow. And then we'll be, we did Southbound already. Uh, I feel like there's something else that I've forgotten. Um, but as far as the show calendar, I'll be back to um, booking up the show calendar coming up. I there's you know, there's always things coming down the pipe. So um, their best way to keep up with us is uh, the the website is, is pretty much finalized so the Wolves of Chernobyl Facebook is wonderful. It's very
2: subscribed to our events on Facebook. Yes. You'll you get very automatically invited Facebook. or whatever. Yeah.
4: The... If you if you subscribe on events on Facebook, that's very helpful. Um, and uh, if you like the page it always just makes us feel good. The Twitter is fun. We're gonna try some fun stuff with the Twitter coming coming up and like videos
3: uh, and stuff. Right?
4: I got ideas, but yeah, videos. We need ideas. videos. I can always crush. Can you put on videos on Twitter? <laughs> Sort of, I, yeah. I don't that, know, you so don't. Instagram you is usually Instagram. the video yeah. joint. I, I don't know all that stuff. I, that's why you don't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Out in
2: Folkville doing his Instagram filters.
4: Yeah, he's he's, he's always practicing his selfies. That yeah, John. selfies,
2: no filters. Hashtag right.
4: Yeah.
3: All okay. natural. I mean, the hashtag goes before putting his product in yeah, his no, beard. No, hashtag goes after
1: the word Everybody knows that. Did you yeah. always have clear plugs? Hashtag. No, these are
3: actually tax thumbtacks that <laughs> I
4: cut the uh, points off of. That's interesting.
1: Jonathan has some plugs in his ears. You guys
2: aren't going to be able to see that. I are uh,
4: sure apparently, apparently they're I've thumb never seen those before. in his ears.
3: It's, it's a thumbtack.
2: I didn't know your ears were pierced. Yeah, they are. <laughs> those are that's called that's now called an
3: infection know. vector. Uh, they do smell bad sometimes. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> I used to love with a guy who had like the the huge gauges in his ears. No point. Like, I, no. I can attest to that. Yeah.
3: yeah. Did
2: they really shrink back? Because people they tell will. me they I, I don't know, man. Oh, I don't don't know. Know. When they're this, oh,
3: weird. oh no, they,
4: they hang, really they hard. hang out all. Well, ones.
3: when they're this yeah. size, this is only like. Oh, no,
2: that's this, tiny. But... This is
3: a smaller one. So yeah, like if they're smaller, they will. But when they're like Buddha
2: hockey size. pucks, hockey yeah. pucks.
4: Yeah. yeah. When I I, I was joking Sorry. about it when I was over in Ireland, they had exhibits from the ancient Celts, and they had these huge. The, the Irish warriors would have these big things in their ears. That's terrible. And I was like, for man, that's what... Back. That's what I was thinking.
0: Like, that's
1: what's coming that to America next. Fears. That's, well, that's the next fight. stage if of that. If you know bad. anything
4: about the Irish, they lost every war they were ever in.
0: <laughs> they didn't have ears because they were ripped <laughs> they 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 out. They, 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 they couldn't, couldn't hear anything. And
4: tripped over their own ears.
0: Uh, no, people just rip them <laughs> out when they fight. So, they down.
3: That's brutal, man.
4: Get the old crab claw, though. I yeah but so yes, little, so little, that's how the that's how the podcast uh, fits into all that. It's a, just a different way to uh, because as a band you're always looking for ways to interact marketing. with your audience. Yeah, you know, and that's uh, or or huh?
2: That's said shotgun marketing. <laughs> yes, blast them with all sorts of media. Well, I We're mean, that's, that's what you have to do, do now. Honestly, I think
1: people are so apathetic to a lot of like because they see so much media now. I mean, everybody you have wants to, like, their like. Beat their eyeballs with your (laughs) your stuff until they're like, oh yeah, I guess I'll check that out.
4: Well, that's the reason. I mean, I don't want to say that's the reason some pop music is pop music, but that is the reason. I mean, when you look at psychological studies, Mm -hmm. that is the reason pop music is pop music. Yeah, because you're exposed to it so often. Right. So if if (laughs) you know, um, if you have that kind of money behind you, then you can just force feed it to folks. Right. Right. Uh, Which is interesting because when I talk to people, Stockholm's. Yeah. Yeah, they're all they're Stockholm syndrome. <laughs> like, uh, I just got to learn
2: to love it cuz it's going to be here every day. I'm going to hear I've, Katy Perry every day. Well,
4: I've read that What's interesting. <laughs> I've read that so much in articles about Taylor Swift. They'll say, "Well, you can't deny her songs are catchy." And I was like, "I can deny that they're catchy. I've heard them and they've never once caught." Yeah. Like Bad Blood is not a good song. Like just as a <laughs> song. Sorry. Uh I can understand people get into Katy Perry cuz she's she's pretty and she's bubbly and her songs have a good kind of melody uh hook to them Mm -hmm. but Mm t-swift i've never i've never understood i was like how can you relate to that that supermodel right with the uh with all her famous friends. Well, can... she
1: just she just picked up her guitar and started playing one day, and that's all it took. And that's her daddy right. worked for Goldman Sachs and paid $500 million to get her a record deal, but whatever.
4: That
2: is... Damn, I think that was a call-out, T-Swift. Oh, oh, sorry. What then, Hey, look, if I
4: could... There would probably be nothing more <laughs> successful for us than to have an internet <laughs> feud uh, with oh, David yeah. <laughs> David Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift, if you're listening... Uh, she's
3: it's
1: going down. We've got she bad to blood.
0: Idol. She tried out for American
3: Idol. Bare Knuckle Boxing. That. I'll take, take you, Taylor Swift.
4: Swift.
3: <laughs> he will. You yeah.
1: So, the last song we have uh, coming up from you guys. <laughs> segway. Awkward segue. We're going to play Taylor Victoria's Swift. Victoria's back <laughs> here <laughs> like
4: my my kid Charlie. She's not even on American Idol, though. I know, I am. Just <laughs> self mutter. She's not even on American Idol. <laughs> nope. Didn't even make it.
0: Sorry,
4: Daddy. decided to pay for it. That's. Fine. So we got, He uh, wears high heels. <laughs> it's a transgender song.
1: <laughs> we got a uh, we lucky few coming up from you guys as your last song of the the podcast. That's all uh, and this about. is a staple of your live shows. If anybody's ever seen you live, they've they've probably heard a version of this. Yeah. Uh, is this one? Was this one of the first songs you guys wrote?
4: No, no, it wasn't. Because uh, I remember when we wrote it. I think we, if I remember right, we would have written it in late May, early June. Because we rolled it out and played it for the first time live at uh, this fundraiser for this literary festival, and we were like, "I don't know what we're doing. Let's do it anyway." Because that's kind of that's kind of what we do. That's what you do with songs. You just try them and, and see how they work. And especially new songs. I feel like yeah. <laughs> that was one of
2: the first ones. Like as the band is now we all had, like, a lot of input to. Because a lot of them already existed in some form or another, but I yeah. feel like that one was pretty much the first one where we all had our yeah. little say in it. Yeah, well,
3: that, Tyler just kind of sang his lyrics, and then yeah. we wrote stuff to it. Okay, like yeah. each
2: member of the band was kind of... And then we're like, the we own. should go
3: this way with that, or we should go that way with that. Yeah, and it was a, it was a pretty, like, joint uh, idea for the song, so... Yeah.
4: all of us. So it started off as, like, a core vocal melody, and then, uh, and yeah, and then... I, and then ben changed some arrangement stuff at the front end and then uh the pace really picked up on the song and kept going and then uh and that bridge was i think the bridge really makes i mean all the songs fine and good you know but i think the bridge uh in the outro are what really make people go oh my gosh this is this is nuts fun to do yeah
3: especially live there's a lot of energy live yeah yeah so i mean you know i mean and the recording is great but
4: Jesus, you glass. sell things so poorly. The recording is, I mean, you can get the same vibe out of the recording. You can, yes.
3: you can. But we, to,
1: to get the full effect, you need to see the stage show, I'm the just costumes. Saying,
3: I'm just saying live, we all get, we all get nuts yeah. during that part. It's, not it's not like, really it's part alive, like
1: Parliament Funkadelic. Exactly, it's, the exactly. recordings are great, but the stage show is fantastic.
4: Yeah, exactly. I think I think you're going to have a good time either way.
3: Well, you can't see me in the recording. That's the problem. This.
4: But if you're in your we car you. and you're bumping along <laughs> my, and you're listening to that disc. favorite songs. Well, tell us about it.
0: What, we, lucky few? I, I, we can never forget to play it. We can <laughs> never forget. Oh, you can oh, never, never, yeah, forget. Victoria never Victoria forget. Victoria will not let us
4: forget. But we didn't forget. That's what i are playing. Because
0: I make sure you don't forget. That's what it is. Because you tell yeah. us at the
3: beginning of the show. Let's not forget to
4: play that one. Oh, gosh. Yeah. No, I think we're about to end. And I'm like, wait,
0: we have to sing. Like, this
4: happens a lot. I'll be saying, so we've got two more songs to the audience. And Victoria like, we gotta remember. And I was like, I immediately. Yeah, it's on the It's on the list. It's team. on the list. No, <laughs> uh, so
2: that list is
0: just a guide sometimes.
2: <laughs> yeah. We don't, we don't
0: actually go by it sometimes. I remember uh,
2: the one of the it's first a, It's a hard played, suggestion. We were playing that song. I can't remember what it was at the poetry thing or something. And there's, like, a breakdown, slow bow part on it. And Tyler started. He's like, oh, this is perfect. I'm just going to introduce people. But I was so into, uh, we we hadn't practiced it much, and we'd finally, like, nailed down what we wanted to do. I just stopped. He introduced, like, one person. Or he introduced me and, like, John. And I was just like, Start Screw creating. it! It's getting counted off. I didn't think about it at all. Yeah. and and Tyler's just like, well,
4: I'd only uh, gotten to Ben. That's <laughs> oh, yeah, what he's not me. telling you. I had said, I had said, bin job on the That's big race, everybody. He it's goes like one, it. two, one, two, three, four, and I was like, all right, rude. I guess we're all. I guess yeah, we're going. I
0: was like, okay. That's
4: so uh, yeah, but so it, it be. I think it, it became one of those songs, especially when we decided when we had our. Are kind of our conversations in band about what we wanted to record for the EP that song became um, it became a lot tighter. It became a lot more of our, our a hard staple for how we wanted to either start or close a show. So it started um, the eschatologies show and, um, but most, most of our sets end with it and it's just real rowdy, real raucous.
2: It's got a lot of, contrast it's a, it's a good though. it's like a good like it starts out kind of slow yeah and it's got a mid part that's very slow so it does have a lot of if
1: people want to get the full you know effect of what the wolves sound like that's probably a good i think so would you say yeah. that's a good place for them to start
4: I, yeah it, as much as any song that we play is a is a good sampler because uh, that's one of the thing you know i don't want to this sounds like it lacks humility but one of the things that we try to do really well is not repeat ourselves a lot right right so when we when you say oh, okay well they have a signature sound or a signature song. Nope. Uh, it's, it, it's hard because all <laughs> we of do we that. do a lot of different things. <laughs> right, but this is this encapsulates a lot of those ideas, yeah. and it, and it really, as much as any one song, um, introduces you to the world of the Wolves of Chernobyl. Yes. Uh, the lyrics and um, and the vibe, what the ideas are behind it, because it's it's what it's all about. Um, in the worst times it's going to be somebody's best times. It's going to be their, their favorite time of their life. Yeah. You know? Um, so if my kids were growing up in the ashes of a, of a terrible, they would not know like, Hey, 50 years ago, you know, they had, they were streaming music off their (laughs) white iPods and they were having the best of the time. Like that wasn't a thing. So like all they know now is what I think it's got like I
2: to me, it's got like also a sarcastic side for the, older people that like live through it's like oh well we didn't die in the apocalypse but we're the only ones like stuck trying to rebuild this ghost world and it's kind of like we're the lucky ones because we survived but we're also trapped in this alternative yeah it's it's got like it's got a couple different sides it was just nice and that's the
4: idea like that's the dichotomy of all these things you know if you're trying to you know it was if you're a survivor are you thankful for that or do you miss the things that you lost? Are you bitter about it? Right. Usually a bit of both. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And, uh, you know, and and I would tell you, um, as somebody who's seen both sides of it, right, um, your kids, they're just thankful you're here. Yeah. Like they don't, I mean like, they recognize like you've been through some stuff, but like they're just like, I just, I'm just, I mean, they wouldn't know, they wouldn't know the difference, but they're, they're still happy that, you know, that life is going on, and that they have an opportunity to uh, fulfill their dreams and expectations and things like that, right? So yeah. it's all about context, and that's what the song I think talks about a lot. So,
1: so people can keep up with you on uh, your Facebook and your Twitter. Uh, what's your Facebook is just Wolves of, the Wolves of Chernobyl.
4: There's no the in that one. It's, it's Wolves of Chernobyl band. Okay. And uh, um, if they want to stream these EP, well, obviously they can they can stream these songs. From Spice Radio, and at times they want, or whenever it's in rotation on the podcast, yeah. Um, but they, uh, if they want to listen to the studio EP, they can go to mazooka.com com slash the wolves of Chernobyl. Uh, the Twitter is at twoc band, uh, and then we got an Instagram, which I think is just the wolves of Chernobyl.
1: <laughs> All right, well, guys, thanks for coming out and listening. Uh, thanks for coming out and being awkwardly interviewed by me today. I really appreciate it. Uh, <laughs> I love you, Dan. I love you guys, too. Uh, special thanks to uh, all our volunteers, Zachary Patrick, Shelby Butler, Thomas Wolf. Thank you guys for all the great work you're doing for us. Uh, all of our guests, uh, all the people who've donated to us. And last but not least, you, the listeners. Thank you guys so much. We would not be here without you. Uh, you guys can find us on spice com on iTunes, Twitter, and all those fun places as well. And taking us out tonight, this will be the Wolves of Chernobyl with We Lucky Can few. I say one more thing? Sure, boy, boy. go for <laughs> it. I, I
4: but this is yeah. about you guys at Spice Radio. <laughs> um, if anybody out here is listening and you go, this is not a big deal, this is just people who are, you know, putting stuff on the internet and it's not important, right? If that's, if that's your thought process... Uh, you need to rethink that. The work that these guys put into this is second to none. Um, and this, is, this framework is exactly what Birmingham Mountain Radio started off as in Birmingham and now in Tuscaloosa. And now they've gone from internet to terrestrial. Uh, so what people have the opportunity to do right now is if you want to change the radio landscape in Huntsville from a... Classic Rock and Rocket 95.1 Town to we need this very very important uh, musical center for local artists uh, and for you know things that you might not get in those other formats uh, then you need to make your voice heard and you need to support these guys because then it changes what you have available to you. I think that's one of the things that people miss in all this democracy of media now is that they can change what they're able to consume.
2: Absolutely. Thank so, you for that. Yeah, no we appreciate joke, it. real talk. But I, yeah. I, think, I think a lot of people, what they expect is like, oh, we want your money, but that's like one of the last things on our list because there's so much you can give to any organization, especially right. Spice Radio. Like just giving us your feedback is so or, or handy. Or telling people about us. Like if you, if you hear stuff, oh, I didn't like that, or I want more of something else, we're never going to know that until you tell us. Right. Yeah. And all, you, all you have to do. There's so many, so many jobs and so many things you can make Spice Radio pretty much whatever you want, as long as you tell us so. Yeah. <laughs> and and you, there's a lot of ways to donate. We don't, we don't even uh, need the cash. We need the, we need the intrigue.
4: And when these the guys humans. are, and when these guys are tired and exhausted, and they feel like I don't know why we're doing this, then the best thing you can do is send them an email and say. Hey, I love it. You make my day. I turn this on while I'm at work or it turns me on at work too. It. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's the best kind of email. That's, yeah. That's the uh, old spice radio.
2: That's the other. <laughs> oh, that, that was a, yeah. <laughs> I'm not <talking> about that. <laughs> uh,
4: so make sure you do those things. Anyway, I'm sorry.
3: No,
1: well guys, thanks. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for that. That very, that very glowing, um, uh,
2: Make my heart warm. Yeah, it make, makes my heart warm.
1: go in the description. I really appreciate it. If <laughs> you guys are listening to Spice Radio and uh, taking us out tonight, this will be The Wolves of Chernobyl with We Lucky Few.
0: We lucky few. We the men. Shall we Flames. When even the dead rise In the west And the bloodhorns Kill the rest When even the coastlines